Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void or prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. We're running out the clock, bro. <laughs> Second and two after a handoff to Dalvin. Uh, you know, if we're playing the starters, the only thing we have to play for now is to get Jefferson this record. So uh, maybe we throw the ball here. I don't know. Let's go. Get the man the record. Well, see, I'm just watching Dalvin run the ball right now. That's how far behind I am. There you go. Oh, my. Oh, my God. And now we're going to a victory formation. So uh, no record no for JJ. And, uh, yeah, hooray, we win the game. Um, Get ready to join the conversation. Win or lose, victory or agonizing defeat, disappointment or glory. Climbing the pocket is here. Hey, bear down the wind. We got a Bears fan. Welcome. Like Luke, like... Like Luke has said, uh, and Nick has said, winning is fun. I don't know what it is about this Vikings team that makes even winning just feel hollow. Like uh-huh. that first half was painful. And it was I don't understand. Miserable. It was a perfect microcosm of the season uh, where we played down to the level of our competition. If their quarterback was anyone but Andy Dalton, uh, we would have been down by like, Four touchdowns, uh-huh. but alas, we got Bears fans here. Welcome. Thanks for <laughs> hanging out. Your quarterback sucks, so we thank him for allowing us to have this win today. Because get a higher y'all draft, really, uh, lower draft choice. Yeah, Lower draft choice. We'll take it. But, you know, the Bears fan in here talking shit like his team isn't hot garbage. And they, uh, had the they chance are going to gonna fire away. their coach. Yeah, they had the chance to do something. They had the chance to put us away. They didn't. Hey. A win is a win is a win. We will take the win. Zimmer gets what he wanted. He comes out on top. Nobody seems to have been injured in any sort of big way in this game. So, like, hey, we got the real W. Everyone's healthy. That's another W. We lose a bit of draft position. Meh. In that position, in that range, if they decided to move on from Kirk, we're still probably all right. Hey, you know, it is what it is. We'll take it. And, hey, GMAC, y'all. You know, we got a troll in the comments. What better does he have to do? His team stinks. They lost to us, and we kind of stink. Let him come. Let him troll. We'll take the engagement. We swept his sorry-ass bears, so let him come hang out with us. Obviously, nobody else wants to hang out with him, so it's all right. <laughs> come through. Do what you do. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, we'll hang out with you. Super Bowl homeboy. What up, Freddie? How we doing? Mary, G-Max, Zach, Connell. Andrew, all sorts of folks up in here. Steven, good to see you. Season is over. You know, I had a couple rants this week about Zim, and it'd be time for him to go. 
And I still feel like, yes, it's time for them to make a move, but I'm also happy for him. Zim came in. He put us back on the path to respectability. Mm-hmm. Um, you can say a lot of things about maybe his in-game decision-making. You can say a lot of things about maybe his stubbornness and, and his unwillingness to move on from an old-school mentality, but I will forever be thankful to him as a Vikings fan because he took us from a team that was um, you know, bordering on being maybe like the Lions or, hell, like you know, the Bears kind of are right now, just a rudderless franchise, no real idea of what's going to happen to the future, gave us an identity, turned us around, made us a legitimate team, built up a defense, you know, had us looking like we were on the verge of being Super, super Bowl contenders. Obviously, uh, some things changed four years ago, and uh, Mike Zimmer's defense went one way. Uh, the offense kind of stayed where it was at, and alas, here we are missing the playoffs for the third of uh, of the last four, four seasons, but I'm uh, I'm grateful for everything that Mike Zimmer has done for the organization. Wish him nothing but the best. If this is in fact his last game coach for us here, uh, it is. But like also, like Shannon, like Shannon is saying, Shannon, I can't say that you're wrong. The one thing that everyone was out there, the one thing all the fans in the stands, all the fans that were watching wanted, get jaded the record. And Zim, stubborn to the very end, we ran the ball, we ran the ball, we ran the ball, we took a knee, and that's it. No record for JJ. And yeah, uh, but, I mean, we're out of here he with the win. could have had it on uh, the KJ touchdown. I don't know if you saw the still shot, but JJ was wide open and he, heading towards the end zone. I mean, there wasn't anybody within 10 yards of him. He's waving his arms, and Kirk Cousins turns around and throws to KJ Osborne. Hey. It's a touchdown. I'm not going to be mad at Kirk for throwing for a touchdown, but it would have been nice to get to uh, J.J. the record. And like they said uh, on the broadcast, it would have been nice for J.J. to get the record on a touchdown throw. It seemed at that point like we still had opportunities. Hell, we did have opportunities. We chose to run run the clock out, which I guess, smart thing to do. Mm -hmm. But, you know. Why does it matter? Hey, Zim at this point, let us know. So Zim let us know he's read the tweets. He's seen what we've been saying about us. So he says, screw all of you and your little record. I'm going to get my win, get up out of here, get to this press conference, maybe fight Thomason on the way out. And, uh, yeah, that's what it's going to be. How you doing, Flip? I Man, I feel like Kellen Mond right now. Y'all just sat me on the bench. I don't know <laughs> hey, if I'm going to make we the go show live better, the but hopefully I can make it morning. more exciting. Hey man, we made you. You're still active, though. You know, you're active. If you were Kellen Mond, we wouldn't have even let your feed come into the game here. You know, Kellen Mond, Zim let you guys know early with the inactives that like there was no way in hell Kellen Mond was going to see this football field today. He didn't want to hear. I think it was G Mac was saying. Now C Wise was saying he would love it if the folks in the stands were chanting Skull Mond throughout the game. Uh, Zimmer shut that down. First thing this morning said, that man is not going to be anywhere near my sideline today. We're going to go out here and we're going to do this. We're going to win the way I want to win this football game. And I think in the Zimmer era, it was kind of fitting that, uh, you know, Pat Peterson, you know, Zim's big defensive signing from the offseason was the one who kind of put an exclamation point on this win. Flip, how you feeling after the win today against the Chicago Bears sweeping a division rival? Uh yeah, what's your, what, how, how you feeling? What's going on with you? Season's over, but we got a W. Season's over. You know, it's going to be a long, a long eight months until we get back on the field. You can see 
<laughs> I got the Randy Moss jersey. Ain't nobody going to care about that record in about two days, okay? Randy <laughs> still holds a record as he should. Justin Jefferson can go break that thing in a meaningful game where right. we don't have he his can break it again next injury. year. You know, or try so, attempt to break it again next year. So so the only thing that went wrong today is is we won the football game. We're going to have to sacrifice that draft pick. Justin Jefferson is healthy. Uh, Dalvin Cook is healthy. Kirk Cousins is healthy. And the defense was able to make some stands against a very poor, poorly coached Chicago Bears offense and poorly quarterbacked Chicago Bears offense. So. I'm going to miss you know, Matt Nagy, I, I, you know? I thought maybe we were going to play some 4D chess, maybe let the Bears get this victory so Maggie gets to stick around, but no such love because Matt Nagy is hot garbage. Yeah. Like, those calls, I don't understand. Going for it, great, but Andy Dalton dropping back and taking three sacks on fourth down and then throwing a pick six on fourth down, good. And all of them, you need, what, like less than a yard? And David Montgomery's going for 4.5 a clip and you never run the ball ever? Like, maybe this one will be better. Oh, nope, another sack. Oh, another sack. Oh, another sack. Oh, pick six. Montgomery <laughs> must be mad as hell right now, boy. God damn. Yeah, you know, mentality matters going into these games. And you see that on the Chicago sideline. Nagy's going to call whatever the heck he wants on the offensive side of the ball. He's going to try to do all the analytic tricks where he's like, oh, the analytics say I should go for it. And then he's not doing the preparation during the week where the Bears actually need to have good plays to run on those fourth downs. So you see why both of these coaches are getting fired over the course of this game. You understand on both sides of the ball, win or or lose, you understand that changes are needed because neither of these teams are anywhere close, especially when they're playing some real competition. And C-wise, to answer your question, where was Mond? Mond was wearing street clothes, watching the same game that we were watching on the sidelines. Uh, Zimmer did not want to unleash all of the power that is Kellen Mond on this game. And so he just kept him boxed up safely on the sidelines so that Kirk and potentially Sean Mannion could do what they needed to do to, uh, to lead us to victory. And here it was. I mean, we got the win. Flip, I asked David, but I got to ask you, what is it about this Vikings team because we won and like we swept the bears, but like somehow they still make these games where we win, not as much fun as it feels that they should be. Cause the bears stink and we beat them by two scores, but man, the first half was rough before we realized like, Oh yeah, like we're better than them. We should probably beat this team. And then, yeah, we went out and did yeah. that, but like can't get four quarters, you I know, mean- like why? <laughs> I think if you really want to analyze this game, you really have to look at our offensive line and just how how poor it's been and how it continues to be a problem. They can't run a screen pass. They can't run a swing pass. They struggle to just block on the straight drop back, and they can't generate any push in the run game. So everything you saw in that first quarter was Kirk's under pressure. We know how timing-oriented Kirk is doesn't have time to pat the ball before he throws. Um, And the offensive line wasn't buying in the time that he needed. And then in the run game, just just nothing, man. Just unable to get Dalvin Cook and Alex Madison going. I think Dalvin Cook had 13 yards against the Packers last game. And now you see again, it's just that same. It does come back to the offensive line. 
And it's a unit that we like to, we, we think that we're on their, on our way to, to resolving that unit. But no, man, that offensive line still needs a lot of work. Yes, they do. Hey, but you the know, big bellies. Stats, yeah, and they look okay. 5.6 yards per carry because he broke the, the long one, Adrian Peterson style. You know, 1.2, 1.2, 1.6, 70, you know, and like it all looks like it was okay by the end of it all. Yeah, I mean, they had a great second half. They scored 28 points in the second half, 21 (laughs) points in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, those three touchdown drives were great, but the start of this game was just poor. And we've, uh, you (laughs) know, the final stats, that's fine. But, but like, the the slow starts that this team undergoes is is an issue. Mm -hmm. And if you could give me these 31 points in the first half, I'd take that over just these these fourth quarter points. So Flip, what do you say to Freddie so Freddie Hall dropped a comment said, can we agree that this roster with this roster the Vikings should have been a playoff team? What are, what are your thoughts on on, on that sentiment cuz you see it a lot. Like the Vikings feel like a talented roster when you look at like a lot of the key spots. You know, they have possibly like two tackles. Ezra Cleveland's coming on. You obviously have Kirk Cousins who's a top 10 quarterback. Justin Jefferson, you know, Top three, maybe wide receiver in the league. Thielen, another top 15 receiver when he's healthy. Dalvin Cook, uh, I'm not sure where we'd put him. He maybe has lost a step in some ways. But, you know, it looks like when you're looking at many of the most important positions on the offensive side of the ball, the Vikings are were set coming into this season. On defense, it's a little different, but you still got some good names over there. Kendricks, Barr, started the season with Hunter and Griffin. You still got Harrison Smith back there. You got Patrick Peterson. Um, what do you think of the sentiment now, kind of with this whole season running through, that the Vikings should have been a playoff team and the Vikings are a team that underperformed the level of their talent? Yeah, I just disagree. You know, I've said from the start of the year that we have a very thin roster. I said that the offense, in order to function, it was either going to take a fantastic job play calling by, by Clint Kubiak or it would take Oli Udo or Wyatt Davis to solidify the offensive line. And neither one of those things happened. I think we forget that the left tackle spot, we started with Rashad Hill at left tackle for half of the season, and he was hot garbage. I think we you know, forget that K.J. Osborne started the year hot at wide receiver three, but he had basically a two-month lull when the offense wasn't using him. And so we really only had two receivers. I think, you know, we really only got one tight end. We got Tyler Conklin. We got nothing from Chris Herndon. And that's been an issue, too, for a Who? team that use, likes to use heavy, heavy, heavy formations. And those same things are true on the defensive side of the ball. You know, cornerback, we knew that we were thin there. We were good, but thin. And we got hit with injuries, and it led to a very bad Pass defense. Same along the front. We lost Michael Pierce. We we missed some time with Dalvin Tomlinson, and they couldn't stop anybody in the run game. Way too much Nick Vigil this year for me to like. So yes, the top line of this roster is good, playoff worthy. But this is the NFL. This is seventeen games. You know that your depth is going to be tested. It's not a question of whether it's going to test it. It will be tested. And the Vikings never had the depth necessary to make a playoff run. 100%. 100%. And David, I cut you off before, but you were talking about uh, you know, the, the offensive line, as you are known to do. And, and one of the things that, like, you know, 
I have said, others have said that like it seems that we have a bit of disagreement on. It seems that many would feel that we have solidified things at like three of 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 maybe the five spots on the offensive line. You know, Bradbury uh, being an open question, Mason Cole, Oli Udo, Wyatt Davis, whomever else we're going to put in that rotation as the other open question. Um, but you were kind of saying that eh, maybe maybe it's not as solidified as, as we're thinking. Is it just those two spots for you, or is there anything else that you're seeing with any of those other guys that makes you no, maybe a little bit nervous? Okay. Um, Darisaw looks like the real deal at left tackle. Um, Ezra has improved almost every single game. He's showing that he can play guard in the NFL, even though we drafted him as a tackle. He can play guard. He's looking good. My question is at center and at right guard. I like Oliudo. Hey, I even like Bradbury. But they aren't doing what we want. And if we go, if we even change schemes to a heavy scheme where we're playing power football, right? Block the guy ahead of you and push him backwards type football. The three I talked about, Darisaw, Cleveland, and O'Neal can handle that. That's no problem for them, right? The other two, I, I don't see it happen. I don't know if Ezra Cleveland can power block in the run game. I don't have, even know if that's Brian O'Neill's strength. And just to, to go back to what I just said, it's, it's, not, it's not about the, the top five. It's about who's our swing tackle, okay? Who's our, who's our backup center? Those things are going to matter over the course of the season. They do matter, but for the zero starting answer. group, at those it's spots. the weakest link. For, so why, we, why do we obsess over the starting group so much? We just talked about this. We thought needed, that we were going to make the playoffs purely based on the starting group, and now we have a bunch of fans who are surprised that this roster didn't make the playoffs. So I, I don't want to just talk about the starting group. Yeah, but the starting group's the starting point on the rebuild. You've got to have – you've got to fix that first. Before you fix right. the depth. Love it. Well, I, I okay, you're going to have to fix four of those five spots if you switch to any type of scheme that involves no, not just, just wide zone runs. Just two. O'Neal okay. and Darisaw and Cleveland. Watch Cleveland's tape, especially on the runs. That boy is a powerhouse. He has buried people this season. I mean, he buries people the, for a run game averaging three and a half yards per carry. I'm not that. It's <laughs> different. They're not, but, yeah. they're not here close. Let's not hear for it, David. When they call it up the set, up the middle, and it goes between the center and Udo gap, it's crap, right? And but even more than that, I mean, it no. They'll be fine. No, it's a close. starting point. It's not where we want to be at, but it's a starting point. And we've got to it's start a, It's somewhere. a line that only a mobile quarterback can succeed behind. Ooh, talk to me about it. Who's, well, that may be the case. Get, out, get the ball out five yards. That may you be said the this, case. You so said this a couple times. Talk to me about that, Flip. You our, said it a couple our, times. Our, I, yeah. I at the least want a quarterback that can utilize this offensive line. And, and you need a quarterback who's going to cover up that weakness. And while Kirk, Kirk Cousins is a great quarterback, it is a mismatch a because he cannot he cannot 
cover up the weakness of this offensive line well. It does not play to his strengths. And similarly, this offensive line cannot buy Kirk Cousins. They cannot give Kirk Cousins the extended amount of time he needs to make plays. They cannot cover up for his weakness being mobility. So one of those two things needs to break. I mean, if you wanted to, again, try to rebuild this entire offensive line for for a line that Kirk Cousins can actually throw effectively behind, that's you're welcome to do that. Probably going to take six years or something to figure out how to block for that statue we have right now. But the easier option might just to be like, look, say, look, our offensive line isn't very good. It's time to get a more dynamic quarterback who can, again, cover up some of these weaknesses. Exactly. And I think if you had a quarterback that at minimum, minimum, could move just a little bit to optimize his O-line's blocking rather than stand in one spot and let the O-lineman push the defender into him, right? Because the O-lines, they're taught, move the guy with his momentum. And the quarterback's supposedly taught to step sideways, so he goes right by him, right? Kirk does not do that. Kirk lets him ride right up about into his lap though, when it happens right, now. right in front of his right. face. And that yeah, right now we're not talking about athletic or like dynamism. Like we don't need a more dynamic athlete back there to do that because the things that we're talking about is manipulating the pocket. Like Tom Brady is not what anyone would yeah. call a dynamic athlete. We just need someone who has the awareness and the ability to feel that pressure and move around the pocket and still deliver without getting the happy feet or looking at the rush or having their brain short circuit and just do something crazy. I mean, to his credit, Kirk, in the second half when the team decided they were going to play, he had a couple plays where he moved around, extended some plays, did some things. They were has been called out. They were amazing. The, uh, That's exactly what we want to see from him. Down. down. That's the time he turned <laughs> the switch on. <laughs> it is. It is a comfort and awareness thing, and he just doesn't comfortable taking those risks moving around the pocket until he realizes there's no other option. Andrew, you're so. correct. Play calling is predictable. Hopefully we'll get a change with that with an off- offensive-minded head coach and an OC that uh, believes more in more in modern football than uh, some of the pound-the-rock style that comes from the 90s. Not that that was bad at the time, but the NFL has evolved. I, I'm all for pounding the rock if we had an offensive line that could do it. But Absolutely. You know, at our star, our star run blocker, Ezra Cleveland, just isn't enough, I guess. <laughs> After this, I'm going to look up his stats on run blocking. Dave, You'll be we know surprised. what Dave's uh, rant is going to be tomorrow. It's yes. going to be defending his man, Ezra Cleveland. He's not here for the nonsense flip. <laughs> hey, well, oh, that's okay. the new coach likes Ezra as much as Dave does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, oh, no, but goodness. this has been great. We're at the end of an era, right? The Zimmer era is over. And he, as Jason said earlier, he brought great change to the team. He righted the team when they were, you know, when we weren't doing so hot. It was a good change. And then it went south at the end. But there are a lot of good memories. There are some tragedies. Somebody's knee falling off. 
other knees degenerating beyond belief, etc. There's the magic carpet ride in 2017, where we all thought after the miracle that it was destined. But it's time for change. Things grew stale. I mean, we appreciate Zimmer and his tenure. We appreciate Rick and what he's done over the last 15 years as he moves on to his different position. And we're going to be real mad if the Wills take this win and, and like just extend everybody, just run it back. <laughs> well, they can run it back without extending. They're all under extensions anyways. They owe Spielman and Zimmer two years worth of basic salary. So, so Mary, I think we need more than just an OC. We need a new philosophy overall. Like Dave yeah. was saying, it can't just be a new OC because we've gone through many OCs and the product ends up looking very, very similar, similar. given the philosophy of how the person in charge wants things to go. Um, I think we need a completely new philosophy if we're looking to see something that looks different when we get on the field. And it's not so much about like not running or running because like, you know, Flip has pointed out, Luke and others have pointed out that is really an oversification in the Vikings run pass ratio wasn't that out of whack this year in part because like we were behind a lot but I think it's just the type of play calling that we do incorporating more of the things that you're seeing across modern offenses being okay with the variance that comes with letting your quarterback in fact be the most important person on your offense living with the ups living with the downs riding with that person and to be frank like really and truly building what that person needs to succeed which you could argue the Vikings have never really and truly fully done with Kirk Cousins as their quarterback. They've given him weapons, but as Flip and others have pointed out, he hasn't had the type of offensive line that can overcome his pocket awareness being a weakness. And like that is that is a problem. But then, you know, it's the opportunity cost of giving Kirk Cousins everything he absolutely needs to succeed on the offensive side of the ball. Your defense goes like the graph they showed in the game today from, you know, perennially a a top five unit to being worst in the league (laughs) to end this season. Those things are connected. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how the team decides to tackle all of these problems. Like I think someone pointed out like two thirds of the people who played meaningful defensive snaps this year our uh, free agents <laughs> will need to be like figured out as we get into next year. So uh, there's going to be a lot of really fun stuff for us to talk about as we get in this off season is like, you know, people want to say retool, but if we're being honest, like it should be rebuild. If we're going to look to build something that's sustainable over the long term and not just another band. And we have type a good foundation, especially on the offense with some of the people we have over there. So it's, it's not all doom and gloom. Don't my bad, Clifford. My no, bad, Clifford. No. Apologies. It, it, 31st, it not 32nd. I don't expect I, this to it, become the Detroit Lions. I you get the quarterback pick wrong, and you could easily be the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions beat us this year. Yeah, but it's like a, Eric, Eric Eager said earlier in the week, failure is cheap. Then you go out and get the next one. Yeah, that's what the Detroit Lions do. No, they kept well, no, Stafford he, he, for almost two decades. Not that long, but well, I exaggerate, I, I, but for forever. Yeah. Head coach. The Browns are keeping you bring in, Mayfield. You bring in you bring in a new head coach, the roster's gonna change significantly, more than you want it to change. So you can feel like we have a good foundation on offense or a good foundation on defense. You're gonna lose you're gonna lose half of those 
foundational guys or they're just going to age out. And that's just the reality of what rebuilding in the NFL is. I think if anything I learned from the Mike Zimmer era, era, it's that he actually rebuilt his defense with a lot of existing pieces. And he did that quickly. But that is not the norm. And we should be thankful for that. Thankful that he didn't have to get rid of guys like Harrison Smith or or Everson Griffin quickly, or even like a Brian Robinson. He kept a lot of those pieces mm-hmm. to build his version of the defense. And you can hope yeah. that the you can hope that the next head coach does that. But if you really want somebody with a new mentality, they may not have to do that. And you just got to be along for the ride. Press conference is going, and Zimmer has a message to all of y'all in here, and that message is he doesn't care about records. So, like, all of y'all can kick rocks. Uh, I'm just seeing a quote. I haven't heard anything about my job status. It's not my choice. It's, a, it's about to get wild. Well, they may wait till tomorrow. But we'll see. It's going to happen. Everything I've heard, he's gone. <laughs> And Spielman's moved. You think up you think Zimmer bought himself? Years. You think you think Zimmer bought himself one more? They were like, "Oh wow, now that Patrick Peterson has an interception, maybe we should keep Mike Zimmer around for another year, no. or maybe another day, whatever it is." He's just fighting with the what, press. I would not. I would not like Harbaugh as, as head coach. I don't know why, but I, I just feel like Chicago. that would be something I would not like to do. The rumors I've heard, though, with Harbaugh are that he is going to Chicago is what. Uh... But Zim, Zim looks very sad in his press conference, and it's it's tough to see. Like, none of us, I think, would want to get fired and then have to go out and talk to the public, you know, the media, the public about, you know, so you're getting fired. Dave, uh, talk to us about how you feel about that and what you could have done better to keep your job. Like, that wouldn't be fun for anybody. Nobody wants to do that. Especially emotional guys. And, and as we get older, we get tend to get a little bit. We get crusty and we get angry, but uh, we also get a little bit more emotional with things we love, whether it be grandkids or coaching a football team. So I, he's human, people. He's human. Absolutely. The, the worst part about the Zimmer firing is that things happened exactly like he told the Wills and the front office that it was going to happen. He yep. said from the beginning, if we sign Kirk Cousins – we are not going to be able to address other needs and fill other holes on this team effectively. And that is exactly what has happened over the last three years. He said at the beginning of this year that vaccinations would be an issue and it would, it would hurt how the Vikings competed. And we lost both Dalvin Cook and Kirk Cousins, among other, among other Vikings throughout the course of the pandemic just as Mike Zimmer expected. So he did everything he could to prevent this moment from happening. And some people just didn't listen to him for better or for worse. The group. So you can, and everybody knows that feeling, you know, you had the group project, you yeah. told everyone how it was supposed to go. The group decided to go another way. You all share that F t- together, but because you're the one who went out there and did the presentation, you get all the blame for it when you knew this is how it was going to turn out. And Zim told us, Four years ago, this is where we were going to end up, and now he's got to come out here and sit down. So, like, you know, as much as I've been ranting and saying, like, it's time, because I still believe it is time, it's got to be frustrating as all hell to be out here sitting down, taking these questions when it all played out exactly like you said, Flip, the way you said it was going to play out with 
your team just crumbling around yeah. the expensive quarterback that you brought in who was just not good enough to make up the difference. And especially when another one of your team members, you know, the same guy who got that F, there's rumors that he's going to get a promotion where all he has to do is sit, twiddle his thumbs and get paid to do nothing. And the well, other guy on the team go. project, he's getting, he's getting $45 million and he won't say a damn thing. He won't call an audible at the line of scrimmage. He won't help you design offensive plays. He's just going to sit there. He won't encourage his offensive line to block better when he's getting his butt kicked, sacked every other play. He's just going to sit there nonchalantly, take his $45 million and not say a damn thing. So that's yeah, got to be frustrating. Just yeah. going to work and going home, Kirk Cousins. Uh-uh-uh. You think Kirk Cousins ever once was like, y'all, Ole Udo is not it, and I am getting hit too much. You think he ever said that once no. in any meeting? No, he didn't. He's like, you know what? This guy sucks, but I'm getting $45 million. Well, 30 yeah, uh, yeah. 45 next. 35 this year, and it's all guaranteed. So I'll take it. I'm just saying, clean house, not just Zen, please. That's all I ask for. Lunch pail last two que- last two questions of the uh, of the presser here. Oh. What do you think? What do you think Kirk said to uh, Jefferson after he threw that touchdown pass to Osborne? Do you think he was like, "Oh, I'll throw it to you next time"? I have no. Or idea. he was just like, "Sorry, bro, you're not going to get the record." Oh, and to see, Justin I don't know. I've, I've, I've yet so to see wide open on that one. I've yet to see very much uh, many, many shots of Kirk and the wide receivers talking on the sidelines. So I don't know. Kirk probably just went to sit on his end of the bench, put his ha- with his helmet on and just started looking at the at the surface. You know, I don't know that he talks to them very much over there. So I don't know. Andrew asked Zimmer gets two more years. How much money? It's been reported <laughs> around 15 minutes guaranteed to him. Just so you know. That's a lot of ching. Oh, man. To sit in well, his ranch I, I and watch his that's all. girlfriend run around naked. <laughs> easy, easy, Dave. Dave's got options, so. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. The uh, the press conference. That's all we got. Has, has ended. Zim is, is out. Uh, talked, as we would imagine, talked very much about how proud he is, about how his players show up. Uh, he didn't feel like there was a lot of guys on the team just cashing checks. Felt like guys were going in, doing all the things they needed to do, hitting the weight room, doing all the work, all the things that he would want to see. And so that ultimately at the end of it all, even though they didn't get the results they want to see, he's still proud of this team and his players. Um, and he and he loves them and he's thankful to them for all the work that he's put in. And so, you know, for as prickly as Mike Zimmer can be some of the time, you know, that's uh, about as perfect as it can be, I think, from him and just the way he thinks about these things. Um you know, as a coach, as a human, as a person, as Dave said, that really for him, it really was uh, over time, just all about the players, all about, you know, those relationships, the, the well-being of, of, of the people and how they showed up every day. And so, yeah, we didn't get the results. It looks like Zim will be out, but, uh, you know, went out on a, I guess we can say the right sort of note in the uh, in the press conference today. Good. And, and uh, yeah, we'll be We'll be back tomorrow, probably, most likely, with a Viking sit rep 
as well as the live show on Monday night of CTP Mondays, where Tyler and Deshaun, I'm sure, will have plenty of opinion and good analysis on what happened this season and the result of it, including any personnel moves that are made in the next 24 hours. And uh, we will go out there. We'll drop some stuff on the YouTube page community. If you have things you want to hear us rant about, talk about on any of the shows, jump into the comments. Let us know. We love getting all of your feedback um, and and seeing all the questions and things that we can bring back to the show and, and talk to all y'all about. If you haven't already, like, subscribe, ring the bell, do all those things. We love chatting with all of y'all. And uh, that's it, man. Season's over. Game's over. But we got the W. Dave, play the music, man. Well, first I want to say thanks to all these marvelous fans that stick with us. Choose us as your post-game show. You guys absolutely warm our hearts and let us talk football for the last eight months. We will continue to do so, and you guys rock. Stick with us all off-season because we will be here. That's right, and here we go. Go Vikings! Thanks for watching. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell. And if you're listening on your favorite aggregator, make sure you rate us. And always feel free to join the conversation here at Climbing the Pocket. Skull, everybody.